Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, and just continuing in our series on Sunday night, going through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2, and when you find your place, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. All right, as an opener, let's just look at one verse, kind of the theme of this message in verse 5. The Bible says in Proverbs 2, 5, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so I want to preach a message from Proverbs 2 entitled, Finding Godly Wisdom. Finding Godly Wisdom. Let's bow in prayer. Father, how we love you tonight, how we thank you for your goodness to us. And how we pray you bless the reading of your word. Lord, bless the message to our hearts. We pray you'll teach us and guide us as only you can now. Apply the word of God to our hearts. Give us this godly wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We said in Proverbs, this is the study of wisdom. Proverbs being known as the book of wisdom. And in chapter 1, we saw the invitation of wisdom. Uh, Wisdom personified, crying out in the streets. There was a public invitation, and then it was made personal, a personal invitation to you I call, wisdom says. Well, in chapter 2, we're finding that Solomon is writing to his son and wanting his son to be be wise, coming up after him. Um, He writes with that theme in mind that his son may find wisdom. And, you know, all of us who follow the Lord, we certainly want to find wisdom ourselves. But isn't that like every parent also, to want our children to find wisdom after us? And so Solomon comes on the scene, writing, continuing this, uh, this edition of wisdom with that desire in mind for his son that he might find godly wisdom. Now, there's some things that need to accompany this search for wisdom, and we find those in verse 3. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lifteth up thy voice for understanding. So along with wisdom, you need a good dose of knowledge and understanding, right? And that's actually the mix of those is is what produces wisdom in our life. So you have to know some things, and you have to know how to apply those things, and that's what makes you wise. Uh, Perspective has something to do with that. And I think that's why uh, godly wisdom is so important. And uh, we only find that, of course, in the Lord. In this search for godly wisdom, and uh, we're talking about the idea of actually finding it, we want to begin looking at verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5, and we're going to see the search for godly wisdom. How do you find godly wisdom? What do you do to make sure that you get it? Well, Solomon is writing to his son, and he gives him instruction in these things. Verse 1, he said, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So we find this is a powerful passage of Scripture. And we have Solomon here telling his son how to find it. You know, in another place, the Lord tells us 
that we will find Him when we search for Him with all of our heart. You know, and that tells us that God really wants to be fervent in following Him. And He wants us to be fervent in our search for godly wisdom. Not half-hearted, not half-slapping at it, but serious and sincere as we search. Notice these interesting words that, that Solomon uses in communicating this message to his son. Notice the word in verse 1, the word receive. Receive my words. Then he says in verse 2, incline thine ear. He says, apply thine heart. In verse 3, he says, cry after knowledge. Lift up your voice for understanding. In verse 4, he, he says to seek her as silver and to search for her as for hidden treasure. You know, um, Solomon is saying that we, need to, that we need to value wisdom like we would value treasure and search with that intent, with that intensity. Hey, if you knew you had a treasure map and X marked the spot, how, how would you search for that treasure? If they told you this is a pirate Blackbeard's lost chest and it's somewhere on this property and you've got the map, how hard would you hunt for it? How many places would you dig? How deep would you go? <laughs> well, I have a feeling there would be no stone unturned around here if that were to be true. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like, you know, you look for treasure, kind of like the way you look for your car keys when you're uh, running late for work and you can't find them, right? I mean, you go through the house tearing up everything. You turn the sofa upside down, pull the cushions out, right? We're going through everything. We've got to find those keys. You know, Solomon is kind of implying to his son, that's how you search for godly wisdom. This is a diligent search. This is a serious and also sincere Notice there's, there's a lot of issues entwined in these words. Receiving my words. How you have to be teachable and willing. He, he talks about inclining your ear. How you have to humble yourself. You have to bend your ear. Sometimes you have to change the way you think in order to believe what God says in His Word. If we want godly wisdom then you have to already esteem that God's Word is truth, even if it's not what you expected when you find it. You know, think about it. I've heard well-meaning Christian people say that when they began to read the Bible, kind of like we are as a church family, they began to learn some things in the Bible that didn't really set well at first. And I'm thinking as I'm hearing this, how could you come to the Bible and something not sit well? It tells me already that you, you have, you know, you have some reserves. You, you, have, you have your own opinions well set if you find that that is the case. But when you find that is the case, if you want to be wise, you're going to have to be willing to put your opinion aside if it contradicts what, what God says. You're going to have to be willing to change your mind if your thoughts are not in line with His thoughts. And this is what Solomon's telling his son. You have to be willing to incline your ear. Then he says, apply your heart to understanding, to wisdom. And then seek her. You know, if you're going to seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, if you're going to go on a hunt for wisdom like that, then you have to be passionate about it. You have to want it. 
And you know, no one can do that for you. People can pray for you, they can advise you, they can teach you, they can open the Word for you, but no one can want it for you. No one can can give you the desire for God's truth. You have to cultivate that on your own. The only one that can help you with that is God. And if you find it difficult to search for wisdom as for hid treasure, then I suggest you begin your search on your knees saying, God, help me. Help me to love wisdom. Help me to want wisdom. Help me to be teachable. Help me to be wise. Help me to to desire your wisdom that I may seek it and search for it as hid treasures. Solomon described this search for godly wisdom as crying after knowledge. He described it as seeking and searching in verse 4. These are the things that we want to pay attention to. It's what we must do if we want to be wise. The Bible tells us in the New Testament, the book of James, that if any man lacks wisdom, he can ask of God. That God gives wisdom liberally and he upbraids or, or withholds it not. But he's not going to, you know, lift the lid off of your head and just pour it into your skull. God will give you wisdom, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to search. It doesn't mean that you don't have to desire. It doesn't mean that you don't have to be humble and teachable and willing. It doesn't mean that you don't have to submit yourself to what you're learning and apply it to your heart and life. We all have to go through that process. And we all have to go through that quest if we want to find godly wisdom. So we see the search for godly wisdom and what it will take in order to find God's wisdom. But I want you to see in verses 6 through 9, we find the source of godly wisdom. And thank God it's not a shovel and a treasure chest. Amen? You don't have to dig any holes. But think about this. The Bible says in verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. So when you find God, then you've got wisdom and you will understand what he's saying here. Righteousness, judgment, and equity in every good path. Isn't that good? God is the source. The source of godly wisdom is first God Himself. Verse 6 says, The Lord giveth wisdom. So we can't have wisdom, not godly wisdom, apart from God. But He continues. And He says, out of His mouth. Right? He gives wisdom. So, Wisdom comes from God. Next, we see that wisdom comes from the Word of God. Now, since we don't sit in the direct, literal presence of God, to hear the words coming out of His mouth, the only Word of God that we have today is this book, this this written Word. Jesus was the living Word, but we have the written Word. And so tonight, if we want to get wisdom, then we need to get a hold of this book. Remember how we said, you can't be spiritual without first being scriptural. We have to know the Word. 
We have to get into the Word of God. And that's, by the way, that's why we're making the effort to read the Bible through. That's why we're making the effort to check the boxes and to read it from cover to cover because we want to know all of the Word of God. We, we want to take it all in and we want to see what God has for us. We want to embrace His Word because God and His Word are the source of godly wisdom. This is where we find it. We don't dig out in the yard. We dig in the pages of this book. By looking up verses and by looking up words and by understanding the meaning and the message of what God gave us and then how to put it into practice in everyday life, that is where we do our searching and our digging. That is where we find the jewels and the gems of God and His wisdom. It's in His Word. The source of godly wisdom. Well, we know now that we're going to have to search, and we know what that search looks like. We know now where the source is, and so we've got X marking the spot. And just a little motivation along the way, in case you needed a little help with the want to, notice verses 10 through 22, the rest of the chapter tell us about the strength of godly wisdom. Hey, why would someone want God's wisdom so bad? Why would they want it so much? What does it have to do with our life down here? Look what the Bible says, verse 10. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Wow, what does God say about wisdom? How important it is in our lives and how it helps us to be strong in the Lord. Notice the strength of godly wisdom. We see in several verses what it can do. For example, wisdom, godly wisdom we're talking about, is strong enough to preserve you. Look at verse 11 again. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. You know, it's We've been talking about in the last couple of messages, I'm going back to Wednesday night and then this morning when we talked about false prophets and how sometimes we have to be discerning and we have to judge certain things. Where do we get the ability to do that? How do we have the wisdom to know who's a true prophet and who's a false prophet? That discernment comes from godly wisdom. It comes from the knowledge of God and His Word. When, when we spend time in God's Word, we get familiar with what God said 
then we're able to make those determinations. We're able to make other determinations in our life as well. The kind that preserve us and keep us from the snares of the wicked one, from the temptations of the devil, and the, the problems of life. You know, I remember as a young man looking around at life. I remember being a teenager, just going to church, just starting to be faithful, uh, attending, just starting to learn the Bible. And I remember looking around at life and people and just seeing all the problems and, and, and all of the confusion and, and seeing all of the damage that, that sinfulness and carnality and all of that brings to people's lives. And I remember thinking, there's got to be a better way than this. Getting in church and learning the Bible and, and uh, learning this book of Proverbs and seeing what God has to say about living life. And it didn't take long for me to say, aha, there is a better way. <laughs> I found it. Or should I be more correct and say, it found me. God sent His Word to me. God had that intersection waiting at a time in life when I was becoming aware that there's a better way to do things. God sent His Word to be there so that I could find godly wisdom. Hey, that's what God wants for you as well. God wants us all to know Him. And He wants us to know His way is better than our way. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And you know, when we live for the Lord, and when we do what he says, when we live life the way God designed it to be lived, when we're able to have discernment and make choices the way God intended, then we find the blessings of life, and we miss out on the regrets. Amen? And that's the benefit of having godly wisdom Wisdom that's strong enough to preserve you in this wicked world in which we live. But not only that, godly wisdom is strong enough to prevent some things. Look at verse 12, if you will. Notice that wisdom is to deliver thee from the way of evil men, from the man that speaketh froward things. Look at verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman and from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Hey, someone going through life with no direction, how do, you, how, do you, uh, how do you get away from that? How do you escape those snares when you don't even know to look for them? You know, Proverbs, we, we talked about those four characters in the book of Proverbs. They're not mentioned in chapter 2, but we talked about the wise and the simple, the scorner and the fool. And we find that most of us start out as the simple one, we're without knowledge and without understanding. We, we just don't know any better. And we're going through life and we're vulnerable to the attacks, to the snares, to the temptations that surround us in this world. But when we find God's wisdom, it equips us. It protects us. It's like wearing armor. And, and we, we can escape the snares that, that lay await around every corner. Because godly wisdom is strong enough to prevent you from being taken by some of these things. Isn't that good? It's good to know that. 
It's good to know that God has a way of taking care of you when you don't even know how to identify the threat. You know, as American citizens, we like to think that our government has, has us secure. We, we like to think that they're on watch and they're ready to defend before we're even aware that there's a threat. Right? At least we did up until a few years ago. Until we saw balloons flying across our country. <laughs> and things of that nature. Isn't it great that our God watches over us? And He doesn't manually manipulate our lives. But He makes available to us what we need to be secure in the midst of those threats. And so, for example, we have the ability to tap into God's wisdom. We have His Word to equip us and to strengthen us so that we can prevent encountering these very things that would ruin our lives. You know, in Proverbs chapter 2, here's a, here's a dad warning his son. And uh, he talks about how there's a path of no return here. And you go down this path, if you go too far, those who go that far don't come back. Think about that. He's saying, son, I don't want that for you. But it's not enough for a dad to make that appeal to his son. His son has to have the wisdom to spot, to know that path before he ever sets foot on it. The son has to be able to determine, to acknowledge to identify that wrong direction before he makes his way down that path. How many have made their way to the end of that path and woke up at the end and said, oh no, how did I end up here? It's too late then. But when we find God's wisdom, we can miss that path entirely. We can get off before we reach destruction. God being our helper. Hey, listen, that's the kind of wisdom I want. And that's what God provides to us. That's what godly wisdom is. It's what the book of Proverbs is all about. And so here we have in this book, God inspiring the words and the heart of a father as he passes on some information and instructions to his son about how to be wise but it's really, when you read the book, it's really like God, our Heavenly Father, speaking to us as His children and giving us the information we need to find that godly wisdom that will help us through our lives. It will help us on our way so that we might enjoy the blessings and benefits of the wisdom of God. Hey, what a blessing tonight. Finding godly wisdom. You know, if you've tasted of it, if you've found some of God's wisdom, if, if God has helped you uh, in your life to discern and identify things, maybe even escape a few snares yourself, then you know the value of following the Lord. You know the value of searching for that wisdom as for treasure. You know it's worth the effort that you put in. You know it's worth the time that you spend to find it. You know it's worth the yielding and the submitting and the humbling of yourself that you have to do to be what God wants you to be. You know it's worthy of that because God's wisdom is so good. 
And it's so helpful. And it works. The search for godly wisdom, the source, and then we see the strength of godly wisdom. Hey, there's a reason why we want this. And tonight as we wrap up chapter 2, we just look back on this chapter thanking God that He made it available. That something this good, something this powerful to help us in our lives is available to every one of us. May God help us to find it ourselves. Let's pray together. Father, how we thank You for this chapter. Chapter 2, Finding Godly Wisdom. And our prayer tonight, Lord, as we conclude this second chapter of Solomon, our prayer is that You would help us find it. And then to keep it, to walk ever so close. Because as we were reminded this morning, Lord, in the Christian life, we can allow distance to come between us. Lord, we can drift, not only drift away from You, but we can drift from Your Word. We can even drift from the wisdom we once knew. And so, Lord, we ask You to help us. Help us be strong. Help us be wise. Lord, help us continue to acknowledge and follow truth that this wisdom You've made available might walk with us, might be with us, to guide us, to strengthen us all our days. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.